Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Hey friends, welcome to episode two of the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. So today I am really excited because we're going to be diving into the backstory of my own six-figure product business that I started, launched, scaled, and sold. So I am really excited to dive into this episode and talk about my old business, which is like my little baby. Okay. So before we dive into my business story, I want to give you a little bit background about me and really how I got to a place where I ended up launching a product business, especially for those of you who are listening and want to start your own business. Sometimes it can feel really scary. So I want to kind of tell you a little bit about, you know, what I did to lead me to that moment. So Um, so a little bit about me and my background. Um, I am originally from Boston. I went to school out at UMass Amherst. So if we have any Bostonians, I love you. (laughs) Um, and when I was at UMass Amherst, I majored in communications and marketing, and I actually initially wanted to go into the film industry. So my entire life, I have been obsessed with movies, with film, with all that type of stuff. So It really made sense, but essentially my last semester of college, I ended up studying abroad in London and totally fell in love with traveling. And after I studied abroad in London, I kind of came home and tried to figure out what next to do with my life, essentially. Um, You know, I was like 20 or 21 uh, and not really sure what my next steps were. And, you know, when I was in, when I was at UMass Amherst, they had an amazing communications department where I took a lot of good courses on marketing and PR and film. And those were really the things that lit me up that I loved to get into. So I kind of knew I wanted to get into something in that niche, but wasn't exactly sure. And I ended up spending, you know, the first few years of my 20s just traveling. And, you know, I went to Australia for six months and I moved to San Diego and, you know, kind of had a lot of fun. And I ended up, um, you know, starting to do a couple different marketing jobs. Uh, fast forward 2016, um, I had been with my um, company for about five years. It was in the education space. So I had basically um, lived in San Diego, moved back to Boston, went to grad school um, and wanted to go into more of the education space. And something within marketing, but within education. So kind of helping students study abroad or helping um, international students come to the U.S., but all within the marketing, you know, niche, essentially. And I ended up, you know, feeling like 
I was kind of over it. <laughs> I wanted to do something else. I had been in that space for, you know, close to 10 years and just wanted to do something else. I knew that I wanted to start something on my own. And again, fast forward to 2016, I had just had uh, a baby. I quit my marketing job and just kind of started thinking like, okay, what's next for me? What can I start on my own? I kind of had these urges that I wanted to start my own business, but I just wasn't sure what that looked like. And then how it happened is kind of funny. You, you hear these people that they have these really cool business stories. You know, I worked in corporate America. I, you know, was fired from a job. I don't know. You hear all these really funny stories and mine is kind of just as funny, but well, not really. I guess it's not very funny, but <laughs> I basically was at the gym. We were living in Irvine, California, Southern California, near Los Angeles. And I was at the gym and the idea popped into my brain as I was using one of the weight machines. I think it was one of the arm machines I was using. It was, I should start a subscription box business. So I was, I remember sitting on the machine being like, Hmm, like that's kind of interesting. This subscription box industry is booming. Um, what I've read about the industry is that you don't need a ton of capital to start the business. I have a marketing background. I have a sales background. Like I will crush this. Like this will be so easy for me. Uh, famous last words. This business will be so easy for me. Um, anyway, I was very confident in myself and naive at the same time, but I have to love my Sometimes I, I appreciate my confidence. I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. Sounds good. Let's do it. Like, I don't really put a lot of thought into it. Um, I thought of the idea at the gym and this was March of 2016. And by April, it was a done deal. I was, you know, buying my domain, going to, you know, get my uh, doing business as license. I was, you know, making my logo, getting stickers for the boxes. I mean, it was kind of crazy how fast everything happened. And that day, you know, it's one of those weird things where nothing, nothing led me to that moment, you know, in particular, it was just that I had left my job a few months earlier. And I had been thinking like, what, what's kind of next for me. And I just knew at some point I always wanted to start my own business. I just didn't know what that looked like. And once I got that idea, it just, I kind of rolled with it. Um, and I started, the first things I started doing was I started doing some market research, like, okay, uh, well not actually fast, uh, sorry, backtrack a little bit. So once I decided that I wanted to start a subscription box business, I started to think about what niches did I want to do? So I had just had a baby. So my first thought was, okay, maybe I'll do something with babies. And so I started researching all the different baby subscription boxes and found that there were a lot of, there were just a lot of subscription boxes within that niche. And like, again, not something that I was super passionate about. And I'm not saying that you have to be passionate about the business that you start, but it definitely helps. Um, so I kind of went back to the drawing board and I said, okay, what, what else could I start? And, you know, if you guys know me, you know that I am a crazy dog obsessed lady. I have two dogs. Um, my, my oldest dog is now eight and a half Asha. I always call her the love of my life. I'm obsessed with her. And I was like, okay, uh, what about a dog subscription box? And so I started again, doing my market research, figuring out, what else was out there, but here's the kicker. This is what I believe is the one thing that set me up for success versus mistakes that I see from other businesses is I thought, I thought about the idea. I said, okay, dog subscription box. I like it, 
but how can I make mine different from everyone else? And what I see now is that people will start a subscription box business or an e-commerce business. And instead of trying to be different, they basically just jump on the bandwagon and they want to be like every other business. And that's not, that's not the right approach, at least in my opinion. And so I spent a lot of time figuring out where the opportunity is for me. Like, how can I make a pet subscription box different than everyone else? And if, you know, if you're listening and you have a dog, you, you probably know that BarkBox just completely takes over the entire market in the pet subscription space. And it can be really hard to get any visibility. So I had to really be clever about like kind of the niche that I wanted to, to get into and like how I could make my product different from everyone else. So I do equate that to being my one saving grace for that business because it is hard to get into that niche. Um, it is completely overrun by BarkBox. And I think the key is finding something different that other people aren't doing. You know, thinking about your customers figuring out who you want to serve and like figuring out a little avenue that isn't already taken up by 25 other businesses. So that's kind of how it got started for me. And it, like I said, um, I thought of the idea in March and by April, I was already full in. I felt so like lit up by this idea. I was so excited. Um, you know, again, I had a young baby at home, so I started putting him, you know, in part-time daycare so I could go to like Starbucks and, you know, work on my, my business model and like figuring out how to do all the things, you know, if you have an e-commerce business, you know, once it's up and running, it feels easier in some ways, not really, but, you know, figuring out all the things that you have to do when you launch a product business is really effing hard. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of steps. It is a lot of things that you have to figure out. And like looking back at those days, I don't know how on earth I did figure out so many things without getting any help from people, but I'm pretty resourceful. And when I want to do something or I want something, I go for it, you know, a hundred percent. So, um, it is kind of a funny time to look back, but yeah, like it was a super fun experience. And, um, again, um, I thought of the idea in April, I'm sorry, in March by April, I was, you know, moving forward with it. And one of the other things that I want to kind of mention is when you're thinking about, for, you know, for those of you who do want to start a product business, especially a subscription business, but I like to think of this in any product business space is when you're thinking about a product, you know, I think what I see a lot of people doing is they want to start a business or a product and they immediately think, okay, you know, X, Y, and Z, or, you know, this business or that business, like everyone's only charging, you know, $10 or $20 for their product. Um, that means I need to make mine cheaper than them. And so what I did again, um, never one to mark, I don't know what the expression is, march by the beat of the drum. I forget. <laughs> um, I was like, no, I'm not going to launch the cheapest box. I'm going to launch the most expensive box. Of course. Um, I really focus on the high end. I knew, okay, I want a box that has a beautiful design. I want to have beautiful products inside. I want my subscription box to be the number one high end, highest quality subscription box for dogs on the market. And so again, I kind of equate to that being probably the number two saving grace for that business was that again, I didn't just number one, copy everyone else's ideas. I chose a very niche down specific idea that no one else had. 
Um, and then two, I focus on making a high-end product. So again, there's always going to be a market for a high-end, high-quality product. Always, no matter what you're selling, people will always go for the fancy packaging, the fancy design. Um, packaging matters with a product business. So if you're trying to kind of stand out and get attention right away, having beautiful packaging makes the world of difference. So um, that's really another thing that I did was I really focused on a high end, like a high end experience, a high end packaging, um, really high end products, quality. I felt that was very important to me for my business. So just as a kind of quick summary, I thought of my idea. I niche down. So I took, you know, I want to launch maybe a dog subscription box and I niche that down into a more high end um, pet subscription box for dogs. And we focused on doing bandanas and bow ties and then really high quality treats, toys and accessories in every single box. And then basically... So I focus on creating a very high-end product. And then what I did was I focus on niching down and selling to one customer. And I tailored my product to fit a valid pain point for that customer. And that is really important when you're launching a product business. You know, you have to really think about targeting one person and, and really figuring out like what that person's pain point is. So again, the business I launched was the Dapper Dog Box, and it was a high-end, um, high-quality subscription box for pet parents who, you know, want to spoil their dogs, and they treat their dogs like kids, essentially, and they care about the high-quality treats and high-quality toys, and, you know, I focused a lot of my attention too on partnering with rescue organizations. And so part of the business that was really important to me personally was giving back to pet rescues. And so each month we worked with different pet organizations and we donated um, a certain percentage of proceeds or profits to different organizations. So over the years, you know, donated a lot of money to different organizations in all over the US. Um, a lot of them were in California because that's where I lived. And, you know, I just personally loved a lot of the businesses there. Puerto Rico, um, New Jersey, New York, like pit bull focused ones, different breed focused ones. So that for me was extremely rewarding and one of the best parts of that entire business. So that's a little bit about um, the background of, of the business and sort of a little bit of how I launched and how I came up with my idea. Um, the Basically, story behind launching was again, um, I came up with the idea in March. By April, I was already, you know, in full mode of doing all the logistics. And then for the next few months, focused on, you know, getting products, getting my product photos, all those things, website, pre launching. And then basically, how I launched, and again, I'm very transparent of a lot of the mistakes that I made because I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. So, I made a lot of mistakes when I launched. I spent too much money on things that I didn't need to. So like I see a lot of people doing now that I work with and a lot of my students is that, you know, you focus on the wrong things before you launch your business. So for a product business, while I am a huge advocate of a beautiful website that will convert into customers, when you first launch your business, you don't need a crazy custom fancy website. You just don't like you can use it, whether you use Shopify or CrateJoy, they have really nice templates that work for when you first launch. 
the important thing, you know, for launching a business is you launch and then you rely on data and analytics to tell you what's working on your website. You rely on actual data and the data will tell you, you know, what things you need to change and what things are working for your website. So for me, I invested a little bit of money in a custom website. And I think the guy, (laughs) the guy worked with me for maybe a month or a month and a half. And after spending, I don't know, $2,000, I had to be like, I had to pull the plug and say, sorry, I can't work with you anymore. Um, you know, it's a rookie mistake in hindsight. I should have never worked with him in the first place. And, you know, as a website designer, he was spending a lot of time and he was billing me hourly. And so he was spending time like, you know, playing around with brand colors and in a font here and a different font there. And it just, it was getting the price, the money was getting out of control. So I had to basically cut the cord. And that was one of the only people that I had help with my business at all. I had to finish the rest of the website, um, using crate joy, which was a platform that I use. And I love, love crate joy. And I finished using one of their themes, which ended up being totally fine. Like you don't need a, you don't need a custom website. So, um, I'm going to be talking a lot in the future of these episodes on mistakes not to make because I already made them. I don't, you don't need to make my mistakes. You don't need to make the mistakes that um, end up wasting you money. When you're launching a business, you already have to spend a lot on product and so many things. Um, A custom website is not one of them. So, you know, I did that and just made a few other mistakes that um, I'll definitely be sharing on future episodes. But, um, you know, I launched, I made a little bit under $1,000 on my first month. I basically gave a very hefty discount and got people to sign up for, you know, multi-month subscriptions, three months, six months, some 12 months. And, you know, it was a good launch. I didn't have some huge launch that you read about. And that's, that's also okay. Um, my motto at this point, when I work with students or clients is get your business out, get it out to the world, launch as best you can, and then focus on growing your business, focus on getting customers, focus on making revenue. I don't think you need to spend six months, one year to get a launch, you know, perfected. Um, I think you're always going to make money once you launch your product business with marketing. So for me, it's kind of like, get it out there, get it as best as it can. Like your website needs to look good. Your product photos need to look good. Does that mean you need to spend six months perfecting those things? No, absolutely not. So I launched my business, um, in July of 2016. So it was, so a four month, um, pre-launch basically. So from idea to launch, it took me four months and pretty minimal money. I want to say I spent maybe about three grand total, which is pretty doable for a, a new product business. I was very conservative. I didn't get a ton of product up front, but I got enough to like get me going for the first uh, month or two. And then as I got customers and made more revenue, then I knew I would be able to spend more on other things basically. So that was kind of a bit about my launch. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the few first, the first few things I did to get customers. So I'm going to talk a lot about this type of stuff in my podcast, um, marketing, customer acquisition, customer retention, creating your super fans. These are four things that literally light me up to talk about. I love nothing more than to talk about acquiring customers for your product business. I am obsessed. So 
Here are a few things that got me kind of going. Um, one question I get from people all the time is I've launched my business. Now, what the F do I do to get customers? How do I market? What do I do? How do I get traffic? So these are things I'm going to be talking a lot about in my podcast. Cause these are things for me as a marketing guru, a marketing nerd, a, um, you know, obsessed with all those things. I love talking about it. Okay. So what I did. The first thing is I was new from day one. I was going to be obsessed with my customers. So you have to think, how do you not only acquire customers, but keep customers and that sort of thing? Like you have to be very creative nowadays. So I know Jeff Bezos, um, CEO of Amazon, you know, one of their main leadership principles for their company is literally customer obsession. And I understand why that is. Because when you are a small business and you are obsessed with your customers, and that doesn't mean that you're like physically stalking them. It means that you care. That's all. It just means you care about your customers. You treat them with respect. You treat them like actual human beings and they will give you so much, so much business. So I knew from day one that customer service was going to be something that was very important to my brand and my business. And so I really did. I treated my customers like gold, no matter what the situation, um, they would be treated fairly. They would get return, like they would be able to return things. If, you know, their dog didn't like something, they could get a refund or they would get a free product. So I made it very clear that like them being happy was number one for me. And everyone has their own, you know, business morals and they can run their business the way that they want. But for me, that really worked, that worked well for me. And for me as a human, you know, I really, I really deeply appreciate good customer service. And so how could I have my own business and didn't have the same thing in my own business? So that was kind of a no brainer for me and something that in general, whether I'm working with a client for my current marketing business or, you know, selling a product. Um, I, I always expect the customer to be really happy. So, um, just having that mentality of being obsessed with my customers, like treating them like family, calling them family. Like I literally called them family. Um, that was a huge win for me. And it's something that I would say most businesses completely disregard. And it is such a missed opportunity. It is like the small things that you can do for your customers to get them to become your super fans. It's so easy. It's so easy. So I'll talk about that on some other future episodes because I love talking about this. I love helping my clients that I work with. I love helping my students literally transform their businesses by getting their customers to become their super fans. So um, doing little things like I, I'll give you a couple examples. So you can do little things like, you know, having like monthly photo contests where you ask them to take photos for you and, you know, they have to tag you on social media, but then they enter to win like a free prize or like a free product. So doing things like that, um, you know, adding a personalized note to their first box, you know, thanking them a handwritten note. I know who does a handwritten note anymore. It seems archaic, but Think about, think about yourself, like you ordering a product from a business, even Amazon, for example, like, do you ever get a handwritten note from a small business owner thanking you from, for ordering and, you know, welcoming you to their family and 
please let me know what you think of the product. Um, please let me know if there's something that you don't like, like, let me know how I can, I don't know, X, Y, or Z. So people, people pay attention to that because it doesn't happen anymore. So it's the small things that, um, really do make a huge difference. So, um, the second thing was basically working with my current customers to refer friends and family. So I always had like a DIY referral program and basically like it wasn't any fancy referral program. It was something that I did as a DIY thing, but I got my customers to refer friends and family and in exchange, they would get something from me, um, a discount, a free item, a free something. So I really worked with my current customers and because I was already treating them so well, then they were happy to refer friends and family. So again, it's not always like a lot of people will say, how do I get customers? My first response isn't always like, oh, we'll just do Facebook ads. My response is always going to be an organic um, strategy here. It's doing something for free you know, blogging, creating content online, growing your email list, using your current customers to get more customers. My response will never be jumping into ads. That's always my last response, basically. And then the the next thing I would say in the last part of this would be working with influencers. And I don't mean the Kardashians. I mean, you know, normal people that have some sort of audience that is engaged with them working with them, getting them to post the right types of photos, getting them to post the right types of things about your business. And influencer marketing is something that's very misunderstood, I feel like, because I did influencer marketing the entire time I had my business. I never paid for anything. I think a lot of people think, oh, well, I can't do influencer marketing because I can't afford to pay you know, $10,000 for something. And that's never what I did. Um, Mine was always free. Mine was always in exchange for a free product or something like that. So that always worked really, really well for me. Okay, guys. So I'm going to wrap it up there. I just wanted to give a little bit of background about my um, subscription box and e-commerce business that I started in 2016. I launched it. I scaled it for two and a half years and I sold it in 2019. And now I love helping people like you who own e-commerce, subscription box businesses, businesses on Shopify, um, any product businesses, Amazon, and helping them and helping you scale to six figures. So I will talk to you guys soon. And thank you so much for listening. And if you like this episode, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to my channel today. Leave a review and take a screenshot of the review and then post it on Instagram and tag me at carrie.a.fitzgerald and let me know that you've added a review and I'm going to be giving away a special prize this month. All right. Thanks guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.